welcome to another episode of Untrue Crime, where fiction meets felonies. I'm Bill DeWing. And I'm Alexandria Parker. Today's episode includes content warnings for kidnappings and murder. This is your fair warning that this podcast uses explicit language before someone walks in at just the wrong time. As a last warning, today's episode includes kidnapping and murder. Let's get this started, shall we? We shall. Cassini. A vibrant planet, lush with different humanoids, magic, flora and fauna, creatures, and more, all unique to this planet. It is where peaceful creatures slide to the heavens to be struck by lightning, only to absorb the energy as their own, where gods of their world select vessels to temporarily walk the earth every 100 years, where the sky is never dark, rings always visible around them. Their humanoid races vary drastically, as well as their creatures, and in a lifetime, no matter how long, it is not enough to know it all. To live in its beauty is to live in its unknown. Magic is not an earned quality here that must be fought for or achieved. It is a skill that everyone is born with, comparable to logic, to movement, to a type of intelligence that can be built upon. Some are excellent with magic, and some are born brilliant with puzzles, and some groan at the thought of a complex spell needing to be used. It's simple. With life, there's magic. And with magic, there's life. I recognize this world. I know. Watch this next line. We have visited the world of Cassini before, when meeting young Lachlan Slora, knight of the Isles of Casimir. Today, we shall return to the Isles, but to an extent that Lachlan herself can never aspire to reach. Today, we meet the previous royal family of Casimir. The Agrestals are a race that are the physical embodiment of the elements, and the least populous race on Cassini. This is are because- Are they elements like- Hydrogen and helium and lithium, beryllium, or are we talking like <laughs> fire, water, air, earth? Yes, they have. They have five elements, which will come later. They're earth, fire, water, air, and magic. Stellar, thank you. You're welcome. This is because the only Agrestals alive are the royal family of the Isles of Casimir, and one god's created Agrestal randomly placed in the Isles of Casimir to be the heir's partner. This keeps the line diverse and brings the land's people into their line at random. Though other cases of soulmates do exist in Cassini, this is the clearest and most frequent example of such. The love shared between them is often regarded as the most pure, as their souls were made for one another. It is most common for these agrestal pairs to die together, as the other's body is unable to process the heartbreak, resulting in a natural disaster. The soulmate agrestal is better known as the partner agrestal, whereas those in the direct line are the blood agrestals. Agrestals have a unique way of aging. Oftentimes, their children appear as normal children of the most prominent race brought into their line. If there is a strong trace of human in their bloodline, they will appear as human children. If there is a strong trace of fairy in their bloodline, they will appear as a fairy child, etc., etc. This is true for both the blood agrestals, who take after their parents' line prior to agrestalhood, and partner agrestals, who take after their parents. Before puberty, blood agrestals showcase all five elements. Magic, earth, air, water, and fire. This magic is responsive to their moods, their whims, and can be controlled just as well as these emotions and whims can be. When puberty begins, all agrestals, blood or partner, begin to grow into a singular element, which is seemingly at random. Their elements continue to manifest upon them, intertwining more closely with the element until they are dead, in which they are to be buried in their element to truly merge with it. Oftentimes, their elements continue to respond emotionally, not in death, in life, obviously, but the Agrestal continues to gain a better control over them after puberty. The partner Agrestal is offered to the royal family and is whisked away to join them. This is considered a great honor to be bestowed upon a family to begin the raising of an Agrestal. They are permitted to visit them as they please should the partner Agrestal wish for their involvement in their life. 
So, wait, I'm sorry. They just kind of scoop up children and are like, ha, you're going to come live with us now. Basically, that's exactly what happens. It's do not the, parents, the first showcase of this. Do the parents get to say no? No, because that yeah. child is a essentially given by the gods to the Agrestals. Kidnapping. I'm calling it. You know what? You're going to hate okay. it. You know what this reminds me of? What? Star Wars. I no. have such strong opinions on the Jedi scooping up children. And I'm sorry. You can cut that part out. But I had to say it. This is more widely accepted because there's divine intervention. In Star Wars, there's... <laughs> Moving on... As unique as the Agrestal Royals may be, it is not the only unique thing about them. They are a hereditary monarchy, but their line of airship is unique to the Isles. Airship goes to the second child, not the first. Should the second child die, the first may take the crown. Should the first die, the fourth child takes the crown. The third after them, then the fifth. There has never been a need for a longer line of airship, but law states that the most capable remaining child should be chosen should their five predecessors die. How do they choose who is most capable? At that point, if five of the kids have died, the either reigning monarchs or the council decides. Because all of them have council members that help them make decisions, that help them plan things out, and they're typically very close to the monarchy. So the other, other royals help decide. And if there's other living aggressors, they typically come in specifically to help decide. As odd of a system as this is, it was designed to ensure that there would always be a ruler of the Isles of Casimir and that every child was born and raised to be a ruler. Agrestals, due to their ever-growing elemental nature, have never been recorded dying of natural causes. Their lives are truly unpredictable. Queen Araminta, whom we will be discussing today, lived to 105, whereas some die as children, an element spontaneously lashing out upon them. Should there only be two children, it ensures that the crown should remain in the Agrestals' hold as the gods intend it to be, as they were the ones that blessed the Agrestals with their unique race and provide them with soulmates. The Agrestal royals are the rulers of the Isles of Casimir, which has long been known as being a helpful, warm, and welcoming country for all. Their central island, Castle Island, is a worldwide hub for mending diplomatic relations and agreed-upon neutral ground for the queens, presidents, empresses, and monarchs of the world. It is a place where they can go for work, for rest, for rejuvenation. Castle Island's hospitality has never failed to impress the world it exists in. They work hard to ensure peace around the world, and their goal has always been to heal and protect. The monarchs in Lachlan's time is just one generation from the one we will be discussing today, in the reign of the longest-standing queens of Casimir. Our current monarchs are Queen Araminta, an Aragrestal, and Monarch Honora, a Water Aragrestal. As effortless as it was for them to land amongst the stars, it showed with their children, in which they bore eight, more of what was required, but every single one welcome. Bastian, their first, and Ire, an Ire, an Ire Agrestal. He was Irish. An Irish Agrestal. An Irish Agrestal. He'll be shooting for his own hand. He'll be shooting for his own hand. You've got the five elements. You have air, water, fire, Irish. magic, and Irish. <laughs> Which one did I forget? I can't. You forgot magic, which is ironic because that's the one you added in when no one else has ever added that as an element before. It's it's an element here because it is as natural as the rest of them. Bustion, their first, a fire Grestel. 
Ziel their third, and Aragrestal. Camilla their fourth, Earth. Cotter, fire, go, earth, daily, fire, clock, water. And of course, their second board, the air. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge how funny the name Bustion is. <laughs> Bustion. 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 Hey, hey, bust! Look, look, guys. Bustion's busting a move. <laughs> bust it down, Bustion. Bust it, Bustion. You take his, uh, his measurements and it's Bustion's bust. Settling into one's element stirs emotion better than any family gathering could. Superstitions and bias surround each one, but to Agrestals, that day when someone finally finds their element is one they'll never forget. The heir herself spoke on it on many occasions. I woke one spring day, and it was as though someone had placed the last puzzle piece in my body without me looking, she recounted. I leapt to the mirror, only to find that nothing had changed but the color of my eyes, and my hair shimmered when I moved. But as minute as it was, I knew what I was, I knew who I was, and I was magic. Princess Lesbit Cueva Cromage, the heir to the title of the Queens of the Isles of Casimir, was a magic agrestal. Though her changes started out small, by the time she was eighteen, her red hair had turned blue, shimmering with purple energy as it whisked through the breeze. Runes painted her arms as she thought, shifting and disappearing with her spells. She was a logical creative, always finding loopholes and stitching them up meticulously. She found leadership to be a quality that came naturally to her. Loving, stable, with a sense of when to be gentle, her parents took great pride in who the gods chose to be the second-born. She would continue the legacy of kindness and compromise throughout the world, and they were both confident in this. However, the two were not young, and each year made it more probable that death could approach at any moment. The stress of knowing where her soulmate was bore on them. They could not bear the thought that their daughter could be left as queen without a partner. Though they did not expect death, they were wary of it, and pushed for a search upon Princess Lesbeth turning eighteen. And on the island of Wekin, she was found. An elven girl, whose hair had turned white, dotted with freckles that had turned to stars, was quoted to be singing as she walked down the road to school, her bag floating beside her. She was not as grand as the blood of Grestel she was bound to, but the gentle glow that pulsed upon her skin when she moved was unmistakable. She was magic, just as her soulmate was. It was a rarity that soulmates found each other in the same element. But the woman walked with the notes of her voice making music with passing bells, lifting pots, and with ease she could perform many spells at once. She did not expend magic when handling magical objects, as it was what she was. She could never run out. Iridani Jinzo, pure magic, was unaware of her awaiting royalty. Guards, sure of their analysis, reported it back to the monarchs. The messenger bird was shot down just a minute after it took flight. Soldiers rushed to the source, but only found the ripped open envelope. The bird was unfortunately too wounded to save, and was left to die as they rushed their way back to the Agrestal, only to find her gone. <gasps> Not the bird! The bird died. Someone killed a bird. Job. Do you know how upset he didn't Dane know Ines that would be? Dane Ines is not even born yet. He, he would be upset if he was here. He's about to be born just to be spiteful. He's the reincarnation of this bird. Canon. Okay, I, I accept your canon. Bang. That's the sound a canon makes, because... You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Because they explode things. Yeah. A messenger, one of humanic qualities, was sent away promptly to alert the castle of the potential danger that Iridani may have fallen into. Her disappearance was not a mystery for very long. As the day and night search continued, one knight was able to find a singular note stabbed into the wooden door of the school that she had been seen at. It read, alive, ten million. Dead, four million. The threat was clear. The ransom was clearer. Araminta Honora, however, did not find this threat to be one of grandiose nature. 
For a family that was known for peace, they had seen much worse threats, attempting to take advantage of their kindness. It took less than a day for the captain of the royal guards to be sent, bearing orders and a communication mirror to the royals. The world, very literally, stopped for this town. Soldiers marched in, surrounding the magic Grestal air, forming a tall, hastily assembled magical wall. No one went in without passing Princess Lesbet, and no one went out without passing Princess Lesbet, whose presence was enough to maintain the border. By order of the queen, the children were cleared from their elementary school at once, and the families were relocated to safe homes for good measure, as they worried that her connection to the partner Grestals may make them easy targets. All trades ceased, all work ceased, citizens were told to stay inside their homes, and tips would be rewarded. Houses were searched, top to bottom, and the people that inhabited them were questioned just as thoroughly. The thought of an unturned stone was that of treason. Iridani had to be found. The most prominent people questioned were the Jinzos, the parents of Iridani, who seemed just as distraught as one could expect from two people whose daughter disappeared days earlier. Days passed, stress built, until one of Princess Lesbeth's personal guards pointed out one vital piece of evidence. The knife that stuck the note upon the school was not from Casimir, it was from Yellowran. This wasn't peculiar news in and of itself, really. Yellowin and Casimir were close allies, they were their largest importer of metal, and metal products. However, this was a souvenir. There were plenty of them in tourist-centered cities, which they had seen on their time off while accompanying the princess on a trip. The people in the town could be reduced drastically by asking about a trip to Yellowin, and it was, as Iridani's parents had a painting of their family in yet another tourist spot. The guards were ordered to arrest them and search their home. They found nothing, but the princess herself walked in and, due to her status of being magic, was able to locate the magical entrance that had been disguised. The partner, Grestel Iridani, was saved and brought to the castle to heal from her time being held hostage. Her parents were executed shortly thereafter. That is not A-plus parenting. That's gotta be, like, D-minus parenting. They heard their kid was going to be royalty, and instead of being like, hey, let's do the right thing make sure that we have a good relationship with our kid, and then we can all go to the castle. Yay! They probably give them a job. They don't want their people to be upset. But instead of doing the logical thing and saying, yeah, that works, let's do that. They were like, no, immediate money, fast, kidnap our own daughter, hold her in the basement, make money, as though this was the smartest plan they could procure. I would understand if it was the kind of thing where, like, Iridani herself was like, I don't want to go. And her parents were like, okay, we will hide you. But they held her for ransom and apparently she needed to heal after being held hostage. Like, that does not sound correct. The worst thing is that Iridani, of course, knew this house and magic crystals can teleport. So she had to be removed from the ability to teleport. And how is that done? Injury. Because then she has to focus her magic to healing. And healing magic was, it's more difficult to do on yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna say those are shitty parents. I assume Iridani was, how, well, actually, I don't assume. How did Iridani feel about her parents being executed? Honestly, I don't know. That is never something that I covered with her. However, I feel that if they were executed, she most likely had a say. In this world, executions are a mercy kill of sorts because they reincarnate. If you have done some vital sin in their world, you will reincarnate and have another chance at life. So it is a mercy kill. If they wanted you to suffer for the rest of your life, they would put you in prison. In like 
the deepest of dungeons. But they did not. They executed them. I see. Okay. Iridani and Princess Lesbeth, like all partner Grestals, found another piece of themselves in each other. Though they were engaged by duty, they were married by will, urging the wedding closer and closer despite their growing responsibilities in the castle. Lesbeth was very cautious, but Iridani's sense of adventure pushed her to be better. Iridani's impatience was tested by Lesbeth's inherent need to be thorough. Their creativity shone together. Where one princess would shine, the other would shimmer. Where one would fail, the other would help her back up. The kingdom adored them dearly. Royals from other kingdoms found them charming. Iridani helped with the royal children, and within no time, she was part of the family. She formed a close bond with Queen Araminta, who saw her as another one of her own. She was an exemplary partner of Restel, who found her heart in the castle, who would care for the kingdom as she cared for the kids around her. I have a question. Go for it. So, if they are, they are biologically reproducing because they need to continue their agrestal species, how are they doing this? So, they have a different method of reproduction that the gods have provided to them. There is a nesting system. You have to create a nest with things that you love, with all your heart, basically, and you drop blood into it every day from each one of the partners. This can go up to, there's never been a test of how many partners it can go up to, but it's been done with many, many people. And about a year later, a child springs from it, and there they are. That is fantastic. Is there also, like, you know, the old-fashioned way? There is the old-fashioned way, but some people are obviously not compatible for the old-fashioned way. Okay, I was just wondering if everybody reproduced like this. And does, and reproduction probably varies across species too, correct? No, there's only really these two ways. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no species is, like, dickless. The two had four children together. Philomena, Rise, Cambar, and Mandeline. Though Princess Lesbeth took a more political role between the two of them, Iridani was sure to include her in raising their four children while she was available. Lesbeth continued to be cautious, afraid of hurting them, afraid of doing the wrong thing. She was raised to be a queen, and although she loved deeply, she did not know how her responsibilities tied in with each of her own children. But as scared as she was, Iridani kept her brave, holding her hand through each one of her children. Her firstborn, Philomena, took after Iridani in every way, shape, and form. She looked similar to her. She walked, talked, and acted as Iridani did. She was kind, she was charming, she had a smile that sparkled, and she was good. She was the perfect first child and made public appearances quite often due to her relaxed, adoring nature. She was seven when Iridani took her for her first out-of-country trip, Britannia. And this would be the same phenomena that Lachlan Slora is sworn to, correct? That is correct. For those of you listening closely, it is mentioned Philomena is the firstborn child, which means that something here has occurred. Whoever is secondborn is about to, uh have a bit of a problem considering their line of succession. Yeah, they're already about to face a problem based on how this story ends, but... It was a rainy country, which often admitted the usage of anything that could degrade, opting for cobble instead. The people were fast-moving and proud of their heritage, though did not often accept outside opinions. Everything felt behind in Britannia, by a few hundred years, as they were often skeptical of anything that they did not make themselves. They spoke formally and politely, but their royals were brash, greedy, and arrogant. The people often still reveled of when they took land from their bordering countries, despite the fact that they had been overtaken just a few years after claiming it. There was a Pratanian way, and it was one that all had to abide to, visitors or not. 
Britannia often had ill will with Casimirans, as they did not appreciate their rich, diverse acceptance of cultures and their personal culture of bringing in new thoughts and people with open arms. The Isles of Casimir helped its bordering countries reclaim their land as well, which left a permanent stain on their record. Alas, they had not stopped attempting to reach out, believing it best that they assist the country in removing themselves from off their high horses. Today was another rainy day, another attempt to bring Britannia into the circle of countries that were able to communicate effectively. Today, it was about introducing the crown prince to their princess, hoping that Philomena's hopeful, sweet nature would help mend the grudge that they held. Britannia expected six people to enter their kingdom and adjust their portal to allow all six to walk in. Four guards entered the portal first. Then, Philomena walked in. The Casimir guards surrounding her claimed that there was an audible gasp from one of the Britannia guards, who attempted to close the portal. As Iridani's foot was placed on the ground through the portal, her body dropped through it. Philomena screamed, guards of each country rushing to Iridani's side, but it was too late. She was dead, her heart had stopped, and her daughter had witnessed it all with loud sobs escaping her. Now, as mentioned earlier, young Agrestals wield every element, and their magic is driven by their emotions. After witnessing the death of her own mother, the castle began to shake violently around her. A child screaming, wailing, and yelling caused portions of it to cave in around them while she curled up on her mother's side, even more frightened by the disaster happening around her. Her guards covered them both. By the time she had been subdued, a portion of the castle was in ruins, killing multiple guards on their way to the situation. Philomena, with urgency, was teleported back to Casimir, who would properly be able to handle her emotions. So, she died because they tried to close the portal too soon? No. Oh, oh! Queen Araminta and Monica Wait, no, I'm not ready to go on. Queen... I... Okay. So, 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 why was everyone shocked when Philomena showed up? You'll see. You'll see. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, apparently. Yeah, you are. It's this next paragraph, I believe. Queen Araminta and Monarch Honora met with the sovereigns of Britannia, angered. Princess Lesbit was unable to attend due to her grief, which had caused her to become very ill and potentially volatile. Britannia, however, did not respond with empathy. Their child had destroyed their castle and their princess had died on their steps, staining their reputation. The monarchs of Casimir declared hostility towards Britannia, and their people were not to enter Casimir unless they were fleeing for asylum. Their royals, however, would not be granted it. Spies, in the name of Casimir, were promptly sent to Britannia to investigate the death, as it was not an easy task to end in a Grestal. Especially a magic of Grestal. It was discovered that their intent was to force Casimir to stop attempting to connect with them by murdering Philomena, as they expected her to walk in last, as was formal. However, Iridani insisted that she walk in first as a show of trust. So, they were surprised because they thought that Iridani would have been ahead of Philomena? Yes, so they had expected the order to be the four guards, the adult, and then the child, so that way they had five people there to protect their child, but Philomena had walked in first, therefore making the next crown royal the one that they had killed. Because that was too big of a show. If they had killed only their firstborn, it would not have been as big of a deal. However, they killed the next queen. So I'm I'm confused about this whole order of walking in thing. So it is important for... So somebody did something to the person that was going through last. And unfortunately, it happened to be the wrong person. Well, fortunately for the phenomenon. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Anyway, so... So their intention was 
to murder Philomena in front of her mother, and they thought that would be okay? They did not think it was going to be okay. However, it was better to murder their child, who was not the heir. Again, she wasn't the crown princess, so they knew that there was another child out there that was the natural-born heir. They had that very set. Their goal was to kill Philomena to say, stop coming over here. They wanted them to leave them the fuck alone. Why didn't they just close the portal in advance and be like, don't come, don't call me, don't come by my house? They're a little bit dramatic, and they're very set. It seems that there were simpler ways to do that. I feel like they could have just, you know, shut the portal and, you know, turned off their little uh, magic mirrors and been like, I don't want to Casimir is a really big power. They have allyships with most countries in the world. They wanted to specifically cut off the Casimiran royalty. And the best way to do that was to send a message to them. Right. So they were like, oh, so they're a big power. So you know what we should do? Murder Kill their child. Us. This seems like a poor plan in general. And it's worse now that it's gone wrong. Yeah, it was significantly worse. That's why they tried to close the portals. They didn't want Iridani to die. They wanted to kill the kid. So did they kill her after she came through the portal? No. So the portal itself was set up to allow six people to enter. The sixth entrance was destined to kill someone. Oh, so the portal itself had some kind of magic in it that was doing the killing. I thought maybe someone, like, came up behind her and stabbed her or something. They were like, oh, shit, wait, stop, wrong one. No, the portal itself was cursed, but because it was the other side of the portal, Casimiran portal wasn't cursed. When her foot crossed through, that was the magic in her body. I see. Okay, makes more sense now. Exactly. So they murdered the wrong person, and they had tried to close it because they didn't want her to die. Again, way bigger of emotion than killing a seven-year-old. The child is replaceable. Princess Lesbit was broken. For the remainder of her life, she was inconsolable. She seemed to live in a constant state of derealization, often attempting to talk to Iridani or reach for her. She threw herself into work, which was the only thing she knew how to do now. She had lost her loving nature, and her personality suffered a drastic shift. Gone was the loving, polite woman that the kingdom had gotten to know so well. She was stoic, business-oriented, and cutthroat, worsened only by the passing of her parents just five years after her wife within two months of one another. She rarely made public appearances, nor appearances to her family, auctioning off the role of raising her children to handmaids. Like, literally auctioning, or... No, no, this is not a literal auction. They, ha- they have okay, handmaids okay. that are assigned to them. I, I thought they, you were like, were okay, at that point who wants Philomena? Okay, we're, we're starting at 50? 50? Do I, do I hear 60? 60? Get your peebles out. <laughs> peebles! Peebles is their form of currency. Uh, 50 people, so- peebles, peebles, peebles. <laughs> Philomena, their eldest, continued to take after Iridani and helped raise her siblings in her honor and wishes that she could guess. Lesbit was regarded highly by the kingdom, but not by her children, who could tell that she loved them, but were never able to feel it. Lesbit died of illness, and her children that were too young to remember when she was herself recounted that it was the first time that they had ever met her. Philomena recounts it as a visit from a dead woman. Lesbit often spoke to Iridani at the end of her life, believing her to be there. In fact, her last words were to Philomena, saying, Your mama says she loves you. I love you too. I'll give her a hug for you in just a moment. That was sad. 
Yeah, imagine your mom coming back after, you know, like, 32 years and being like, Hi, we say we love you, but I gotta go now. That sucks. Yeah, and then after raising all of your siblings and then watching your mom appear for a split second and then die. At the end of the day, Britannia got their wish and Casimir adopted their morals. They held the grudge. Casimir continues to be hostile to Britannia in their current year 4,999, 46 years later after the full reign of Lesbeth in the current reign of Philomena. So they didn't, like, go to war or anything? They're not really war people. Okay. They don't, they don't typically go to war, which is, I presume, why they felt safe enough to murder their child. Hmm. If somebody murdered my wife, I would go to war. It just, it wasn't proper. It's just not what they do. Their focus is so much more on making sure that the rest of the world stays sane. They don't want to send their army just, like, across the world to go fight because one person is dead. It's not going to bring them back. I suppose that is a very noble way of looking at it. They said, you will never speak to us again, and that was it. So, Britannia is now cut off from not only Casimir, but a lot of Casimir's close, close allies, which have huge, huge connections. No wonder they're so behind. That's all for today. Please send in your comments, questions, and suggestions to untruecrimethepodcast at gmail.com for a chance to be featured in next week's end-of-season Q&A. It is your time, people! Go do it! This is the moment you have been waiting for. We have some submissions, but we don't have enough, so please send some more. Yeah. Alright, y'all. Go hug your mom, and I'll see you next week. Bye! Bye!